the Minnesota Football Show, your regular dose of smart, socially aware, and occasionally snarky news and commentary about local, national, and international soccer. The Minnesota Football Show co-hosts are Bridget McDowell and Sheila Reed, produced and co-hosted by Rodrigo Sanchez Javeria and Eric Silva Renner. You can follow the Minnesota Football Show at Show on your social media platform of choice. Subscribe to and rate the Minnesota Football Show on iTunes. Welcome to another edition of the Minnesota Football Show. I am one of your amazing co-hosts. My name is Rodrigo Sanchez Chavarria. I am joined by my other partners in chaos and football, Eric and Bridget. Let's check in quickly. It's been like two weeks. So how, what are you guys up to? Hello, Bridget. Go. Um, work, soccer, work, soccer, work, soccer. Um, I did take took a mental health weekend and decided not to work in soccer this weekend. So got up early yesterday. Break the cycle. Right, one time. <laughs> no, I need to do it more often. Um, although we did, it was at one point posited that maybe I was the problem last night, but, um, <laughs> so yeah, woke up Wait. at six for some Liverpool and then played futsal. And then I was out late watching soccer and talking and hanging with people. It was, it was, it was a fun night aside from, aside from the game. It was a fun night because got to see everybody and hang out for a while. And it's yeah. been a while since we've, it, it, it's funny how many people group. it's funny how many people come to a corner right bridget yeah <laughs> there's yeah. a there's a deeper story there apparently yeah yeah <laughs> it's just funny um, how are you eric i'm good i'm good nice to see both of you again um i don't know what's what's new just back in it this in the grind um i, I guess i can report that i will be starting a part-time position at a children's mental health spot. That's going to be really cool. Ooh, I think. Congratulations. Yeah. Very nice. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, just to get a little bit more hands-on experience. Um, That's awesome. Yeah. They seem really cool. It seems like a really good fit. I got good. They got good reviews. I, I checked in with a couple my mentors yeah. and a couple of professors and everybody's just like, Oh yeah. But that's the question that's is, do, do you have good reviews, right? Does your history um, not back, at this back point. in college? <laughs> right? Oh, well see, that's one of the benefits Rodrigo of having like a two decade gap between undergrad and grad school. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's lost. Nobody remembers. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Wait, they use paper stuff back then. Yeah, what? exactly. <laughs> no one can find the file. <laughs> exactly. So it's not a scared dodged. up in the cloud. That's, that's, it's the uh, it's the, the Neo Matrix uh, bullet time slow mo me dodging. <laughs> but no, right. it's good. It's all good. That's awesome. How are you? Uh, um, well, you know, I'm a middle school teacher now. So yes, you are. Two weeks in, um, and it's all been about trying to get to know my students, um, and you know, it's lovely being in a, in a place where, like, literally. Everyone looks like you. And so I get a lot of flashbacks when I was little, right? Of like, man, how great would it have been if I would have been able to go to a school like this, like where people are bilingual and it's okay to switch from one thing to the other. Mm. 
right? And like people are from different places. And, you know, there's newly arrived immigrants immigrants and there's people who've been in the community for years right or decades right like the generation after generation so that's the that's the cool part and like these kids are these kids are smart you know just um they're also very funny mm-hmm. and, my, and like i've never you know i've gotten away working in academia with like me being the clown right like me ma- cracking jokes because that's what i do and that's kind of like within the culture that i grew up with but now I'm in with the culture of like everyone's cracking jokes at everyone's expense. Nice. That's so, including the kids. Including <laughs> the kids. So last Thursday, I don't know if you all have seen this. Bridget probably has, but I have like this polo that has like this gray, um, this gray stripes going uh, horizontally and then like these fluorescent stripes, right? So I got this polo and I'm walking right into the Walking the parking lot, coworker pulls up in the truck, rolls down the window, and yells, "Hey, you look like the Mexican Blues Clues." <laughs> and I laugh, cause it's funny. And I laugh, cause you know I'm like, "Yeah, you're right." You know, I didn't think about that. And, you know, and, and and that's just the way you know people clown with each other, right? In that, in that type of atmosphere. So then I go to my classroom. I think second hour. One of my eighth graders just says, Mr. Rodrigo, why do you look like a construction worker? <laughs> and I was like, ooh, I was like, ow, all right, get to class, get to class, right? And I'm like, all right, all right, you know, kids are a little, kids, kids are a little witty today. I was like, all right, good. And then in my last hour of class, I'm, I'm helping um, a student write um, a letter, right, uh, as in my poetry class, and we're sitting together and and she's asking questions, and I'm asking questions. She goes, Mr. Rodrigo, why do you look like Joe? And I'm like, Joe? It's like, who's Joe? You know, Joe from Blue's Clues. And then I was like, man. Came like, right around. there. I was like, I was like, okay. So now I've decided I'm never wearing that shirt ever again. So there you go. <laughs> but besides that, I'm doing okay. Just super tired always and cranky that I had to drive a um, Liverpool fan in this house at six o'clock in the morning <laughs> to that a bar yesterday. Oh, I was like, yeah. I was like, uh. and then you had to drive another Liverpool fan around last night. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I didn't mind that. So. <laughs> I, had a, I, I, I had a nasty allergy day on, on Friday, like just could not stop sneezing and box of Kleenexes, that whole thing. And then yesterday, I think it, I think it just moved to my eyes, which made me like, <laughs> so tired. I mean, it, it was a little itchy, but it was more just like weight. And I was like, oh, I'm like yeah, okay. I went to bed a little later. We had a little party, whatever, on Friday, but just felt so exhausted. And I actually had an offer to go to the game, and I was just like, I, you know, porch fest was happening, which is great. And like that's like the only thing I really want to do. And even yeah. that, I cut short. I was back. I was home by like eight. I was like. I don't, I feel I feel like crap. I want to go to bed. It's all in my eyes. How was Porsche Fest? It was dope. It it it, it keeps getting bigger, bigger and bigger, bigger every year. Yeah. yeah, like I remember. I don't know before deep COVID times. It was like two or three houses with no sponsors and just we we barely they barely had enough uh, funding to get like you know like the the barricades for like a block party. Like even <laughs> that was a big deal. 
<laughs> it, was, it was just very thrown together, kind of uh, decentralized. And, and now tons of sponsors. There's beer gardens, two. Uh, there's lots and lots of food trucks. Oh, beer gardens? Yep, plural. Dang. It's it's evolved. I thought it was and just mo- like a neighborhood thing. No, like people just- it was. It was. That's what I'm saying. It keeps it keeps moving in its direction. And there's multiple, like, how many stages? Um, I think. Wait, they don't play on the porch or- anymore? They have stages? They do. Well, no, they are. They're porches, but I'm just thinking in terms of, like, Oh, okay. Stations, like okay. where we're playing. Yeah, you're. Yes. Yeah, so there's three homes, maybe four now, actually, and they do a really good job of. They coordinate all the start and stop times. So like as soon as one artist gets done, the next one starts. That one ends. You go to the third stage. So it's so there's music is constant while one's tearing down, which is really cool. I appreciate that. That was good. Nice. Well, shall we, friends? Where, where would you all like to begin? You want to, since it's fresh in your heads with uh, apparently some debauchery over at the bar afterwards, you, which you may or may not want to talk about, but <laughs> the match itself last night, you, you two were there sitting together. You got, gave me, sent me a, a lovely picture. Um, that's about where the loveliness starts and ends, I think. But uh, I'll throw it to you all if you guys want to talk about Minnesota and sporks. All right. So um, it was. It was. I still don't comprehend why this is still deemed the friendliest or nicest rivalry in MLS. Because there's some people here that don't like each other. Like, but I mean, overall, like, it's so strange seeing Kansas City be a counter team when they're so long have been, you know, in the Peter Vermese era have been like a possession team, and they have. You know, one of the best, one of the top goal scorers so far this season with Alan Pulido. And, um, you know, I, I, I thought they'd, they'd be more offensive in the sense of that, right? And the same, because they were, they were sit, they were, they were covering up all the holes that they needed to cover in the midfield. And so it became a, a, a ball of shifting one end, ball one end to the other, see who can get through but not really making dynamic movements, right? It's like just, you know, left back to left center back, center back to other center back, center back to right back. Oh, there's Gregoosh. Gregoosh gets the ball. Oh, back to center back. It was just one of those that, you know, they were trying to feel each other for literally a good, I don't want to say a half hour, um, the the referee was um gosh what's the referee's name is it penso right yeah sorry penso yeah and um they let them play like it was an aggressive match for like you know things weren't being called that usually would get called on um um dj taylor was just just was being overworked and um they figured out you know that that's where our offense was coming from, that his side. And that just started, you know, shutting off um, lanes when he got the ball. And then, you know, uh, Minnesota couldn't figure out in the sense of, like, how to get the ball even out there. And even when they did, you know, it wasn't very successful. I mean, they... 
when I when I when I when we were talking about this, it's like this game could have been an email, right? Like, you know, right? And 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 like these two always like seem to know how to play against each other, but at the same time, like don't look like they want to play each other. It's like, and it was just weird, you know. Like, I mean, the atmosphere was was great. It was like it was it's one of the fullest. St- times i've seen the stadium be at almost like capacity i didn't even remember them announcing how many people showed up but it was it was packed and um and it was nice and it was a night game. i mean everything was set for like a good game except the players so <laughs> bridget you want to take it from there <laughs> dot dot dot. <laughs> dot 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 um announced attendance 19,685 which is like the standard full house number but yeah it was um it was really strange like like you said to, to see kansas city play it that way for felt like much of the first half where you know we're just kind of hanging out in midfield pinging it around a little bit not moving forward <clears throat> and alan Plato's like he's up there a bit but Johnny Russell's hanging way back. Everyone's just waiting for to to pick a ball off rather than um, get those runs and like working it out of the back for them. So, uh, yeah, it was a it was a strange start. Um, Minnesota had a few chances. I mean, the few times that they could get into uh, Kansas, Kansas City's own eighteen, like they wanted to go for another pass. It was a whole lot of unselfish play that did not need it need to be. Everyone wanted one more pass, one more dribble. Um, Reynoso a few times should have lifted his head yeah. and, and picked out a pass. And people are, other players are yelling at him like, "Right here, man! Let's mm-hmm. let's go." Um, and it wasn't just him. Like there were, there were other guys doing that too. And um, to see. Yeah, it was, it was the first game I've seen this year where, like, I'm in the bowl in the stadium and can kind of see the players closer up. Um, at times that you know, if you're watching on TV, the camera is already well ahead of the play before these things happen. But Dane and Boxy are back there just screaming at people, like, "We distribute the ball up to you. You take it ahead. Like, why are you, why are you passing it back here?" Um, Boxy a number of times was like running up 20 yards to scream and point. <laughs> it's like you yeah. you shouldn't have to uh, right. rely on your center back to direct direct traffic and direct play. And mm-hmm. um, and Dane was screaming a number of times, which he's gotten better at this year to be vocal and and to tell um, tell everyone what he sees because he can see those those gaps building, but. Minnesota is playing the exact same play every single time they have the ball, and Kansas City knows this. Everybody knows this. It's not like no one watches tape anymore. Um, Minnesota takes it down the right hand side, and oh look, suddenly there's five Kansas City players on the left hand side. Like, I just, I don't understand. It was so. Yeah. Yeah. It was... There. I mean, we've seen plenty of games where there's like 10 minute periods like that, maybe even a half, but this was the 
entire game. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until they had conceded and really realized, all right, we got to go for it, that they really started shooting mm. and, and finally looking up and picking out those shots. Right. And when they finally do, they can't finish because they can only finish after 90 minutes of, you know, poking around at the goal <laughs> and, so, and, and then and, finding one. And it's not like they didn't have, like, I don't know, three or four free kicks outside of the mm-hmm. 18. To try to put away. I mean, usually when you get yeah, that from, many chances. All from the spots that Reynoso yeah. usually likes. Mm-hmm. One like, where Greg is, is, took it, yep. yeah. Yep. So usually uh, those are those are good opportunities to score. Um, I just, you know, for me, um, Greg Goose's job should be, and I don't know if it is, um, but he didn't, like, Last game he, that he played, he was picking up the balls from Boxy and at that point Tapia, and then he was distributing forward. Um, this game, it wasn't like that. And what happens think, when you don't do that is that players like Dotson and Longwane don't have a, a, a role to play in a sense, but just taking up field. Because like, those two guys like to go forward all the time. So give those guys the ball to be able to move the ball forward. If Reynoso doesn't want to move, then you start doing things that you need to do. But if you keep on playing the ball back and you're like functioning as a six or the wheel trap that's willing to move the ball forward a bit more, you have to do that. And it's like, if you don't, it's like you already are in a defensive block. And if you sing a long pass and it gets intercepted, you're already in your defensive position. But if you can't move the ball at all, then you know, Kansas City is not the other opponent is not going to be able to not want to want to do anything, and so that is because it's working. Yeah, and I think, I mean, I I think that having Gray Goose and, and having Dotson drop back um, to replace Trap, who has been out with an illness, he was on the bench, but um, I think that we've seen that before. Anytime you mix up that pairing, it throws things off because there's always the one guy who just wants to go forward. And one who wants to hang back. And normally Trap is the one who hangs back. Um, and that was supposed to be Grey Goose's role in this game. Um, but it was like they weren't really communicating. I lost track of Dotson so many times because he, yeah. was, just, he was gone. And then Grey Goose should be there looking for a pass. It's like that you're supposed to be hanging back here, like watching for those. Um, and... Uh, there wasn't the same like level of communication between Gregus and Reynoso that we've seen in in the last few games, and I right. think part of that was was probably because Ray had Dotson running alongside, like like Dotson was playing the winger and um, Fragapane's out there somewhere. And I saw him get dispossessed at least four times. Yeah, yeah. Who? It was Fragapane. Oh. Well, <laughs> in, Him and- in our seating area, uh, right before the game started and they were doing the announcements and they announced his name as a starter, um, people in our section were, were saying, oh, no, Fragapan is a bad omen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, well, what happened now? Um, I think yeah. just overall, it's just like, like, Bridget is right. It's like Gregorish and Dotson together don't seem to have their priorities or their roles extremely defined. We understand 
that Dodson is a player who likes to have the ball and move the ball up forward. When he does that, he, he can create space. He's not really, you know, like even though I wanted him to be a six and I thought he could be a six, he's not really going to be a, a dependable six. Gregos is not the fastest person he ever, he was before or if he was ever, right? But he still can pass the ball and has awareness and, and vision. Now, I think, you know, Longwane looked tired, um, uh, but he barely got the ball, right? And so, and and I think Pookie was frustrated because I think he only got one pass to his feet, like once during the whole game. And it's just like everyone just seemed to be off. And, um, and when you have another team that's looking for points, and um, you know, it's trying to climb. Then they'll take whatever you want. If you don't want, there was no urgency. And we talked about this team not having lack of urgency, having a lack of urgency, and not wanting to do that. I mean, there were certain players that were trying to move the ball. You know, DJ Taylor, even Bristol was trying to move the ball. The bossy was passing some balls out that were pretty good. Right? I was going to mention Boxall to uh, to Bridget's <laughs> point. I mean, it's it's kind of rough ride when your your center back is yeah. not only and, leading and the team been... as she was saying, but is like one of your best attackers because he actually had that moment. There was that set piece where he scores. He's clearly offside, so he gets called offside. But I mean, that's your best attacking moment of the game, and it's coming from your your center back. That's uh, and that's not right. he's been he's been doing that you know the last few weeks yes, even when even, even when the attack was was clicking and doing well he's like okay i will take this one up myself if no one's gonna try it back and get it from me um yeah, yeah so rough 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 so, so it was a let's rough talk game. about um kinda 84th minute late goal finally happens you know I, i'm not even sure the kc even wanted the, like they would have been content with the tie it looked like they were just playing for a draw but then at some point they're probably just like you know what let's, let's just do this <laughs> Let's let's take these points. <laughs> They're like this sitting right here. Yeah, it's like it's like the, the apple pie or the cherry pie cooling on the window, right? Mm-hmm. Well, it's it, you know we've talked about this many times, but Peter Vermees absolutely loves destroying Heath in Minnesota United. Like that record has got to be. I don't even know. I'm sure Zeller knows, but man, he loves taking it to this team. So he probably just told him, hey. Do not do the draw thing. <laughs> Grab those points. Grab them now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Make me and, and, make me keep my job. That's right. And it was. Uh, and he probably knows that you know they they do tend to pick things up after conceding one. So may as well hit a late one and and let them scramble for for the last five ten minutes. And that's exactly that's what happened. What happened yeah. exactly. Yep, yep, yep. What happened is you know like Bristol had a decent game for like. You know, and like there've been situations where like he's not had been been great, but he was he was trying. Like there was a combination play between him and and Buki, in which Buki got wide open, and he didn't ask for the ball, but he got the ball, and then ended up being that he was offsides, and that's why he didn't want the ball. But like the the idea is there, right? Mm-hmm. But he got beat. Oh yeah. And on this play, he got beat. He was left behind. So either he was tired because he doesn't play all 90 minutes, right? Or it's just one of those situations where, like, he didn't decide well or he decided not to take an angle on, on, on the dribbler. He just got beat. And when he got beat, the boss, he got sucked, got sucked in and was late. And the ball just literally just crossed, right? And there you go. There's there a goal. You go. 
And so after that, this is the final for those that may not know, it's a one nil sporting. Uh, but again, you know, Bridget mentioned it, it, it took getting behind for them to kind of click into gear and actually start to look like a coherent team. But then it's just, you're battling against time and that's uh, just run out of time. Um, what else can we say about this game? I mean, it's frustrating once again with this home stretch they have and now they've what they have one more match still at home and they've got one point when they need these points desperately to kind of keep themselves in a decent position here for, for postseason. So at the moment they drop one from seven to eight sporting moves up to nine, but it's, it's super tight 35 for sporting there in the last place, Minnesota now 37 San Jose, Salt Lake, Houston, all 40. So, I mean, and then it goes up from there, but it's, it, it's going to be another nail biter. I feel like. Yeah. Yeah, and I, and I keep a teasing teasing a certain uh, owner of a bar, soccer bar, um, that you know, what's the best Minnesota's gonna be? Seven. What's the worst? Nine. And yeah. so far, I mediocrity. I've I've made I've I've made my I made my argument, and I think that's the thing is like, we sure Reynoso after coming back and having issues has been great, but. Um, it matters who you pair in the middle. But Reynoso got us up to seven. And that's And he's done. He's 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 submitted he's his, his quota. And now everyone <laughs> he's, needs he's to submitted his quota. Submitted his quota. He's like, Check there it you out. Go. He's like I'm he's out. like, I did my part, guys. You <laughs> pick it up from here. I, uh, I cannot carry you any farther than this. Yeah. yeah. And this is a rough ride. Like I'm looking at their next few matches. They've got I mean, Galaxy should be a win, but who knows? Then it's St. Louis, then San Jose, then LAFC, Galaxy again, and then Sporks again. Like, there's, there's like no guarantees in that whole last whatever that is, six no. matches. Eesh. And like, what are four of them are home or five? I forget. Oh, uh, sorry, I just had it. No, that's okay. Yeah, I think it's like Let's see one, two, three, three are home. Yeah, yep. they have to get at least two point two wins out of that. Two out of three. They have to win two out of three at, at home, at least, to be able Thanks. to stay in that seven nine. And you know, every every single post game, Heath is saying, "We've got to win, or at least get a point, five of the next six, and then it's four of the next five. Just keep keep moving that and bar, then it's baby. <laughs> three of, and now he says they need to win at least two. It's like, yeah, uh, you need to win like at least a third of your remaining games. Incredible. Yep. And here's the thing, like, and with, let's think in the future, perhaps, right? In in another multiverse, um, right, where um, Heath doesn't, this team doesn't make the playoffs. Look at this roster. Like, I don't know, but this is probably one of, you know, the most complete rosters I've seen in a while, right? And And if you can't make the playoff with this team, like, I don't know, you know, it's like you can you know, only replace all of your players so many right, times before right. you realize something else I mean, might be a little off. S- SBJ is mm-hmm. great. I like SBJ. I like him coming off the bench, but I also want him to come in the bench when like off the bench when there's like, you know, seven, you know, like 30 minutes left, not 10, you know, <laughs> you know, the same thing with everyone else that comes off the bench. It's like you, you need to be able to make those decisions sooner. You got subs. Use them, right? You got people who are dynamic. Use them, right? It's like 
it's like, I don't know. It's just one of those things. Like, if this team does not make the playoffs and you look at this roster, right, uh, Who I forget, who's the Colombian forward that we all forgot about now, right, that isn't Angelo, right? Um, he He's barely the problem we all appear. forgot. <laughs> yeah, right? He's like, he's now a, a second thought, right? And And you're looking at that and... This team, you know, in the next two games is going to have um, Caden Clark as an option, right? He can play in two weeks, I believe, right? Of less. I think he had to have like, but you imagine that. How are you going to fit that in there? Yeah. You know, people are not going to have to play. Like, do you keep Greg Goosh? These are conversations. You have five games left. You have to figure out what you're going to do next year already, in a sense, right? You have to kind of start thinking about that. You yeah. know, and 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 that's the thing. That's right. it's, it's like, a it's a double week, isn't it? They have two yeah. matches this coming week. Yeah. So I don't know. I think that's the thing. So, yeah, frustrating. Yep. Let's uh let's wrap it there. Um, oof. M- more of the same, I, I guess, to keep it brief. But I, I want to talk a little bit about this other match that was a really fun ride. Uh, Atlanta United hosting uh, Inter Messiless CFA. Uh, he decided as we have talked about on this program many times that he was doubtful to play on turf and there's a great shot of him with his mate helping coach his kids team so you know prioritize the son over traveling to atlanta apparently so sure man why not good on him um what i didn't realize was that uh jordi alba i don't know if he's injured or he also just decided no turf for me do either of you know his rationale no, I don't. But okay, I'll just assume that they, 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 the Argentinian players on Inter Miami are culturally aware that Saturday was uh, Mexico's Independence Day, and in respect to the Mexican independence um, fans in the MLS, they decided not to play. <laughs> Wait a minute, hold on. J- Jordi Alba definitely is not Mexican. <laughs> he's he's is hey, he Catalan or Spanish? I can't remember. It, it doesn't matter. They're observing Mexican Independence <laughs> Day. You know, I think it's 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 worthily to to He's Catalan. Yeah. Uh, well. <laughs> oh, s- uh, screw him. We're only Basque <laughs> on this network. Anyway, so that that one surprised me. So I think we've seen them play decently without Messi, but I think losing both of them uh, made a pretty big impact, but nonetheless, it was Inter Miami's. He, he, he played. Play? Yep, okay. he was in, um, and they actually score first. Campana's first goal. If listeners or either of you two have not seen it, it's a beautiful goal where he kind of like self volleys it over one person and like blasts it one time. Gorgeous, absolutely beautiful to kind of set this thing up and you know make us think, oh wow, you know maybe they're gonna do this thing without those two. Um, and then shortly towards the end of the half, I'm getting max mass uh, tests from cousin Jeff because <laughs> Atlanta just turns it on completely and realizes they're they're in a winnable match. Guys, they score three goals in eight minutes. It was wild. Like it was one of those moments where you barely had time to appreciate the one goal and the next one is already in. Um, and so again, inner start, and then by halftime, it's three to one. And they keep this momentum into the second half and score two more. I actually missed the last one. Uh, 5-2 is your final. Atlanta United uh, just laying the smackdown and, and kind of seeing those opportunities. And 
it was fun. Like this, this, this was just a fun one to watch as a neutral. Go ahead, Rodrigo. Yeah, no, I think it's a, it's like I say, like you know, I want you to talk about the conversations you were having with your, um, is it cousin Jeff, right? Yeah, el primo. Yep. Yeah, primo Jeff. Um, it's just like how people were mad that they were paying, oh. paying hundreds and hundreds of extra yes. dollars. Yes. To, to so have... he. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. No, no. He he was he was thinking about going to this, but then he realized he has a family and he can't afford the tickets because everything was starting at like for his regular section where he would pay like seventy dollars or whatever it was. They were upwards of eight hundred dollars, and 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 then even higher than that, with the expectation that you know Messi was going to be there and Messi was going to play. And he's just like, of course, I'd love to see him, but I can't afford that. So he didn't go. And then he was getting texts from people that did pay that amount of money that they were very upset when they learned he was not going to be there. Um, and I'm sure there was quite a few or there were quite a few of those individuals. Pretty, that were pretty much Jeff received. did a, a good uh, financial decision, save himself $730. Right. And watch that at home. Um, right. Here's the thing: is like apparently Atlanta fans or Atlanta United or the MLS thinks that Messi's gonna play on turf. So <laughs> apparently, this is memo number two that that's more than likely not gonna happen. Mm. So, so um, yeah, I, I don't understand how we got to this place where everyone thinks that the the big name is going to play every single game. Mm-hmm. Like, that is also well said. I think we all, I think we all know that it's not gonna. Not going to happen. I saw someone say that, well, he could at least warm up every game so that you, like, see him on the field. But, like, he's... <laughs> I've said this multiple times in the last 24 hours. He's not your show pony. Like, yep. that's... he, And he is no... I'm sure he would like to play every game, but we also don't need to break him. Like, he's... <laughs> He also has international duties. He just got back from international duties. Exactly. Give the dude a break. Like, let him. Well, I'm sure he also wrote kids. into his contract too. That yes, that that's where I was going. Like, yeah. hey, I want to coach my child, so that's what I'm going to do. That's yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like he he's there because he can focus on his family while he's in Miami, mm-hmm. and this is him focusing on his family. Uh, MLS is going to do MLS, and they're going to use that to sell tickets. Uh, without consulting the team or Messi, I'm sure. Like, he has no control over them ramping up tickets. And I'm sorry if Atlanta can only sell that number of tickets at that price if Messi's going to show up. Maybe things could be better there. But, like, you have no... It's like paying for... You know, some some international tour where they all come here, and then being mad that they're the every single player on the first team isn't here. Like mm-hmm. they have zero obligation, and Miami has plenty of other players. Right. And I don't think that he maybe they would have scored another goal or two, but I don't think I don't think they would have won just because <laughs> yeah it's hard to say I mean, like atlanta, atlanta, was atlanta got a 5-2 win so just take it and like yeah. i'm sorry you had to pay too much for it but that's mls for you and that's how it's going to be now and like we we have to mention the troll too like they they put out a great tweet and just basically uh, said oh bring, God, bring the, the whole team thing. next time the, oh that too the pizza talk about pizza. the pizza bridget because that's <laughs> so the way that people knew that 
you know, it was, did Messi travel? Did he not travel? Is he traveling separately? Is he taking a private plane so he can hang out with his kids until the last minute? And then he posts a picture from a pizzeria in Miami. And it's like, nope, he is definitely still home. Um, not a great looking pizza either, but uh, yeah, so he gets a pizza. And then um, when Atlanta wins, their their little graphic is a pizza and the tomatoes spell out an L on top so of good. the pizza. Which I uh, someone so uh one of the guys said it was more of a self own because it's like, well yeah, they lost because Messi stayed home. But like I said, I don't think he would have he might not have been the difference maker on that one. So I don't know. Yeah. It was funny. It was and it was well played, yeah. I if if the team can have fun with the fact that he didn't show, like just just go with it, man. I like, mean, I under I understand. Like I've paid extra money to see to see big names too, and I would have been a little upset if they hadn't played. But this is like it's it's absurd. Like those were times where you like yeah. knew like hundred percent those guys are gonna play, but like. That's we all know he's not going to play every game, and it's on turf, and he's he just got back. Like, give him give not him only a break. that, but do we want to be the league that broke Messi? Like, mm-hmm. seriously, we want to be known as the league that broke Messi, right? Because then nobody being... would come here ever again. Exactly. Like they want to, <laughs> they want to bring, they want more people to come. They want Messi to go tell all of his friends. He's already told all of his friends. Now that he's told three, each of them can go tell three friends. Like, <laughs> pyramid scheme. Um, <laughs> and, uh, pyramid scheme. And, and then Elba's three friends will tell three friends. Um, and let's not forget that Sergio Aguero has told everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, if you're if you're the league that that breaks Messi, everyone's like, well, shit, I don't want to go there because I would like to like, you know be able to skip for a family obligation or something like I'm sure in his contract it does not say that he's going to play every game and I'm sure that. that doesn't even it's not even limited to turf versus grass right like I I mean he <laughs> physically at this point I'm guessing he can only do a certain number of games in one period and he maxed that out cup i think so yeah i mean it's the entitlement of people that they 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 think that they because they paid that kind of money they need to get they need to get a good show if that was right then i you know i you know i should i should i should sue minnesota united for <laughs> all of the money we have paid the money and this I've is what we have gotten and this is what we've gotten right i mean like that's the same idea <laughs> literally right and like and that's not gonna happen I, and at least these are all the same people who are gonna complain that Everyone is talking about Messi and not talking about anything else. Right. Here's your chance. Like, talk about something yeah. else. Talk about how Atlanta won 5 2 against yes. Inter Miami. Like, three goals in eight talk, minutes. Yeah. Talk about the goals that you did score. That This yeah. is your time. But no, you're going to bring Messi into everything. And, like, and we were talking about this at the bar last night. I love the guy. I'm glad he's here. I also don't want to hear about him during every single game for the what 24 other teams in this league i don't need to hear about them or or see them on my tv every time i turn it on looking for a soccer game but like mm-hmm. you know if if he's not there go with it like i i'm sorry that you dropped 700 dollars to just because he was maybe in town 
there's there's also this um uh jeff brought this up too this kind of this sweet uh vindication too of being able to, to rack up a score like that against your former coach and former star he was like yeah yeah that felt pretty, that felt pretty good <laughs> felt pretty good <laughs> um let's play uh let's play a little math game here because Inter Miami have more matches because of the, all the tournament stuff and the win. So they've got uh, they've got eight matches left. Four, five, six, seven, yep, yep. Uh, five of them are home. They're still, I think, second to last, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. But also, they only need they need a win and a tie right now, seven points, to get into that last spot. Uh, so what do we, what do we think? Uh, does does this one set them back? I'm I'm leaning towards no. I think they still sneak in somehow. How about you two? I I think it's going to be pretty easy to sneak in. That's mm-hmm. a really tight tight point spread. So so um, how many points do they need currently? What's a, is, we're looking at the seven. seventh spot. Yeah, so forty points for, right now. Right? For for nine to get into the last spot to get on the ninth spot. So that's. Um... So they two got twenty eight. So they would draw. need, yeah, they would need to get. I say they'll need a little help, probably. But yeah. I, I, I have a feeling. I mean, if they have five going, five, five games left at home, then yep. win all five. You know, I mean, like with Messi playing on grass, I'm pretty sure <laughs> that they know. And, yeah, I would think. I would think that Miami would have him playing at home. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know what which of those away or any of those yeah, away who do games they play? on turf. Can, yeah. <laughs> Oh, who? Um, at home. At I have home. To go back to that. At home. One sec. I will have it for you. Yeah, because like if so it's away, because got... Seattle is an away game, and I don't think he'll go to that. That's uh, actually they don't have Seattle anymore. So they've got oh. at home, uh, Toronto, then Houston, then NYCFC, then Cincinnati, and then they've got a double with Charlotte. They host them, and then they go there. Okay, that's Charlotte. They're gonna win that game. NYCFC probably gonna win. Cincinnati just literally had like one of the, one of the craziest games against Philly, two two tie with like two red cards for one for each team. So Brandon Vasquez, it's going to be a fun game to watch. Honestly, see how much um, that's going to play out. Um, but yeah, I mean it's doable. It's super doable. I think they can they can if they win three, I think they're in right in that sense. That's what nine points, right? Mm-hmm. That could get them you know, seventh for sure. And then they, they can do that. And if they do that, you know, the question is how many goals does Messi score in those five games? Yeah. He's yeah. literally averaging what one, a, one, um, like, he's on at like one and a half per game. One yeah. Point, yeah. One yeah. point something. Just imagine um, right now, if he, and, if he finishes the his, season and then his assist rate to like, Hermosh Oh my God. And now, yeah. Though, so like, He's he's a factor even if he's even if he's not scoring. He's yeah. I think the funny um, thing is gonna be who's gonna get the golden boot if he scores five goals in five home games. That's what puts him at like, I don't know, in the mid in the mid tens, uh, maybe mm-hmm. or and Yeah, there's do you not, do you there's not plenty give... plenty of guys had a head start on him with like double digits. So Yeah. And he just if he creeps in with like ten, I'm gonna be like, Oh, just give it to Messi. You know, make him extra happy. Wanna, I don't <laughs> he, think I don't think he's won a golden. He did it boot. with he did it with fewer games than you. Yeah. Just just give him the golden just boot. It's one he doesn't have. Right. Um, yeah. Shifting gears really quickly, just for one last thing on MLS and, and and to Bridges' point about there's so many other narratives out there. 
I feel like the one that's really getting buried is the success of, of St. Louis right now. Like this team mm-hmm. that is still so new and is so dominating. That's been holding on to this number one spot for months now is pretty incredible. That's, that's the thing. Everyone's talking about Messi down in uh, the second to last spot and not talking about the team that's like been clinging to first yes. the entire time. Just consistent. Yeah. Yeah. And they're scary. I mean, don't don't. I think Minnesota has them soon, don't they? I could have sworn I saw them one here. Do do yeah, they play them September twenty uh, third. This, this a week, less than a week, yeah. in six days. Saturday, Saturday. Oof, that could be a rough ride. <laughs> I mean, we'll see. Uh, I mean, here's the thing too: is like everyone was giving Austin a hard time for two years, and you know they they proved to be that they could actually be at the top. But now look at them, right? They're in 11th place and they can't figure it out. So I think, you know, there's always like this this theory of like, you know, at least in the Western Conference, we've had a brand new team who does really good, um, right? And I think St. Louis should take all the credit for what they've been able to do. Uh, mm-hmm. But at, at the same time, you know, it, when you get to the to the playoffs, it's, it's going to be that's where, that's where it matters. So we'll see. Um I also think too, and this is something that since since we're wrapping up MLS, right? We're wrapping up MLS. Yes. All right. So I wanted to kind of catch all of us up on this whole Bruce Arena thing. Um, oh yes, we still don't know exactly what. Oh yeah. Was said right? Right. Like you know, weeks right. ago, you know, last time we recorded, you know, Eric was like, "Is he gonna get? Is he gonna get fired?" I was like, "This man's gonna get fired." Um, and instead of getting fired, he resigned. So, uh, the the classic, your I quit. Assistance. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was gonna fire you. No, 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 I quit first. Are <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. oh, you gonna I, fire I, me? I, I quit. I dated and put his timestamp on this resignation letter mm-hmm. that right. I am going to send to you in two days. When <laughs> exactly? Yep. And and now players players are reported reportedly refusing to train. Right, the second interim coach who, um has been uh with Bruce for like I don't know like feels like ever years or yeah something. right he he played under him before yeah. he started coaching Richie, Richie Williams, Williams yep it's just it, it's it's become like you know it, New England has become just like a cluster bomb of yeah, HR I mean, problems <laughs> it, uh, it is so so Go ahead. Yeah, so the athletic had to put out like a timeline of of all this stuff because so much happened in one day. Like, uh, I think it was the the day after we played them, or if, a few days later. Um, so they announced Bruce resigns. That comes out like thirty seconds after the final whistle when the refs were here playing Minnesota, um, and then. Players get back to New England. They're supposed to go train on Monday morning, but the club decided to have like a couple meetings instead. Talk to the players about what happened. Let them know. Look, he's now gone, gone. Richie Williams still interim head coach. Um, they had more questions and weren't comfortable with things and wanted to talk to Richie Williams. Richie Williams was named in the investigation as a claimant, essentially. Um, so he made complaints um, about 
from what I've seen, he's talking about stuff that like goes back 30 years. So he sent in like supporting information. Um, so the players wanted oh, to know. Wow. The, this the, is like a wow. Yeah. So the players wanted that. to know. Um, players wanted to know his role because obviously it looks a little weird um, when he gets the top spot, right? Um, and he, because of the investigation at this point, he's saying no comment to everyone, including the players. Um, so just like, I can see that justifiably. They just feel a little uncomfortable, right? Fine. Um, and then they they continue refusing to train and there's like private meetings with with the coaching staff with the club with the craft family with you know everybody um and then this is like some mafia shit there's like like a like the snitch oh this is totally this is totally <laughs> yeah, mafia yeah. so finally they they say okay richie's done so they they drop richie as interim coach so then the assistants are going to like move up but then they they also decide to walk they didn't want to deal with richie no they they walked first didn't they now i yeah I they walked the first. timeline up yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah so they, they walked because, because they, they didn't, didn't have a contract yeah. yeah they also i don't think they were contracted still so. no wow. yeah they were they were like, like they were like out of contract with, yeah. with mm-hmm. bruce yeah yeah so they walk so it's just him they're gonna move people up to be his to be richie's assistants and then Richie is like, go. so wow, I didn't like, know it was all every, every like eight hours, there's a coaching staff announcement where it's like, okay, actually this guy's gone. This guy's going to move up. And so now I think it's like the second team's assistant coach or some academy <laughs> guy is now currently that I water boy. I, you're the new point, coach. That's not when I quit following, and I was like, "Okay, I have other stuff I need to focus on this week." Yeah, but like, <laughs> there's too wow. much. Oh, all um, we need is Bruce Arena to like go with the missed out fire approach and just get someone to plaster his face and come back and just pretend to be a nobody and get rehired. Like a undercover boss situation. Undercover boss. Oh, a little plastic surgery or something. I'm no. I'm I'm I'm, I'm, I'm Roos Jorina. You've never heard of me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm Jordy. I'm Jordy. I'm Jordy Sands. That's what I'm named. My name is Jordy Sands. <laughs> I, I I don't know any though. But here's the thing, right? Roos Arena, right, is arguably probably one of the most accomplished American soccer coach, right? Mm-hmm. That you know, he you know, took. Uh, DC United to five MLS Cups and the LA Galaxy as well, and in between those men's ten, national he, team. men's mm-hmm. national team, right? Like he's his his resume is something that you know um, that that stands out, right? But he's also you know he's also very direct. If anyone's ever like seen interviews or talked to people who know him, play for him, like he doesn't mess around, right? He just is direct and blunt and sometimes he's too blunt right <clears throat> but he's also part of a, a generation that still thinks it's okay to say certain things right or so have certain views mm-hmm. and i think that's what and, did it and he's and he's probably made it this far and thought well i can continue doing this yeah it's gonna happen yeah i mean um, you said you're talking three decades that's that that yeah, kind of shows the like, 
power I think longevity. There were, I think there were right. like a couple initial complaints and then more people were like, actually, yeah, I dealt with that too, but it was like 20 years ago or something. Mm. But I mean, the league has given very few details about the investigation, which is their prerogative. That's fine. Um, it is kind of frustrating that we get nothing. So like you could be really frustrated about this and like how they're treating him and the coaching staff and the players, right? Or like if they gave a little bit more information, I think it would smooth some things over. I don't know. Have the players yeah. sign NDAs too. I guess there are a yeah. lot of NDAs being signed. Um, that's so shitty for the players. Like that's that's the worst. That's, part. Yeah, yeah, like they're the they're stuck in the dark. How are you supposed to trust any? Like that's your career is tied into, like your future is tied into this into this team and into this situation. So. Like, I, I totally understand their frustration. Like, give them a little bit more to go on so that they can either stop thinking that he was, you know, pushed out by Richie Williams or whatever. And, you know, let them stop theorizing and worrying and overthinking everything with just a little bit of information. Right. But, um, yeah, I don't think that'll happen anytime soon. I did not realize it was that deep of a telenovela. But, like that. but, is, but listen, this is the thing too, is like, it all starts with um, you coddle a coach that's successful and you let right. them get away with certain things. And exactly. then that's the thing. It's like, we've talked about how this, you know, in the NWSL era, era that we're in and all the other stuff that's been happening. Yeah, Rubiales, it's, it's where we're at at present too. Right, and so that's where we're at. We're letting people who have power dictate who they are. It's like as long as they're and winning, we don't we, we 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 take this as is, right? We'll take it as as part of a part. And of that's the where all the all the commentary comes from too. Like people asked uh, when the U.S. team was here on Tuesday, Greg Berhalter was asked for comments on the whole situation, and his comments is like, "Well, I go way back with Bruce Serena." Because, like, everyone in U.S. soccer goes way back with Bruce Arena. Because <laughs> like, right. he, is, he is Bruce Arena. Like, right. so even if there had been things, people who didn't make complaints or didn't feel the need to make a complaint probably had some experience that they didn't see as a problem, right? Mm -hmm. We Like, if, if that's if that's what this is and that's, how, like, what it sounds like, but... Um, so I'm sure everyone is probably thinking back on a couple of things and going, you know, mm -hmm. actually, um, I don't know that for a fact. I've never met the guy, but like, I think that's good intuition. It's so of course, everyone's going to be like, yeah, known the yeah. guy forever. He's not like that. And that's what the entirety of U.S. soccer is, I think, feeling, especially the, older white males which is most of them um so there's there's going to be like some loyalty to to him through this whole thing yeah, and, and that's going to complicate it all but i think that's where the need for a little bit more information comes from and maybe we do hear about it maybe they're just trying to get through the season maybe the craft family is trying to like put something together and you know put i 
put out a nice little PR package that probably won't say anything, much like exactly, any of these statements right. that they've made so far. Let's just let's uh, just put Tom Brady on the. Uh, let's just record Tom Brady saying yeah. the statement, and they'll just blow everything in New England and be copy like, paste, oh, okay. copy paste, copy paste, copy paste, copy paste. Copy all right, paste. all right. That, 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 that's a good place to take a break. We're bringing freaking Tom Brady into this thing, so <laughs> let's 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 put a pin into this, and we'll do some international in a second. God damn it. <laughs> Hi, this is Lisa Watch, and no, you must be to me because I am definitely not blessing your ears in this podcast. Anyways, back to the Minnesota football show. Welcome back to the second half of the Minnesota football show. It is international news. Kapow, pow. And let's start with uh, Minnesota. Minnesota was on the map for international news. Why? Because the U.S. men national team played a friendly. And the only thing we want to talk about is the fact that they won and the fact that they went to watch a Dos Lunes game. Like Weston yeah. McKinney, Christian Pulisic, a um, bunch of the guys went to go watch the Dos Lunes, and I thought that was cool. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah. Uh, like, pretty solid group of them. There's, And there's always, like, the United players, the first team players, will always be out there watching a few games or, or some of it. Um, so it was cool to see them. As long as they're out there training, drop by, drop by a game. Um, and Pulisic, uh, it's not his, I was thinking it was his brother, but it's his cousin, is the goalkeeper that uh, Minnesota picked up at one point. And I think he's on a, he's on the, he was the opposing team, I believe, that night, but uh yeah so right they won their they won their two two games in the the tour of the mississippi river basin essentially yeah, pretty much i mean great for them hopefully they crash in copa america but you know this is <laughs> hey the u.s a lot, national of things, team, a lot of things can change in a year yeah, man oh yeah, yeah. u.s national team always likes to have the drama apparently that's what gets people excited about soccer mm -hmm. let's have them crash out you know that's 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 the thing you know, uh, and it's going to keep people talking. Yeah, exactly. Not winning. <laughs> Apparently, in Christian Pulisic news, who knew that if you pay him in the right position, he can be successful? Apparently, Juventus does. Yeah. So there you go. You know, um, there you go, Chelsea fans. Now you know why he couldn't play for you. <laughs> nice. I just had to get that kidney shot in there. Pow. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you want another kidney shot, hey, man, you. Ten Hag, um, seriously, yeah, <laughs> like you didn't think Brighton could play? Lit oh, literally, whoops. literally every single one of these guys who started a Premier League team and then went to the other end of Europe. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's oh funny because uh, Santi Santi's finally chosen his EPL team and it's Brighton, and like it's a unique choice, right? Because like you know, like he had you know for the longest we thought he was gonna be Man City, right, right. But he's like, no, I like Brighton. I like the way they play. I like, you know, they produce talent. And I was like, wow, you're talking like a scouting reporter, coach. <laughs> I was like, all right. So he gets up for his first game. 3-1, trashing of menu. And I was like, <laughs> this is great. I love it. They're trash. Keep going. Talk all the trash you want. There you go. 
Uh, where to? Where else do you guys want to go? Uh, Rodrigo, do you want to talk a little Ballon d'Or? Um, Ballon d'Or. Is the, okay, so I'm confused. I thought they hadn't announced it yet. No, they did. It was uh, Bonatti won it for the women, and uh, Holland, of course, won it for the men. Oh, okay. I t- t- could not come up with that information. And watching the two of them yeah, together on, on stage was... was uh, they're not on the list? Well, then maybe it was something else. Maybe I'm screwing it up. What, what do you guys have? I don't have anything of that. I just said it do. wasn't announced yet. So maybe yeah. maybe it was a different award then. Maybe it might yeah. have been something else. But I do um, have a former Belinda War, Alexia Putellas, uh, made a statement after. Um, There's so many damn awards; it's hard to keep them straight. Go ahead. Right, I think they were re- re- receiving an. Uh, uh, Putellas was speaking at a ceremony where she and Barcelona teammates received the Medal of Honor for services to women's football from the Cata- Catalan government. Like that is a big deal, right? Because like, you know, Pulitzer, Nobel Prize, Nobel Prize, uh, Peace Nobel Prize people get these type of things from like the Catalan government and all that stuff. Uh, and what she said, right, um, is pretty much that. Um, we feel passion for our job, for being soccer players. We are here to stay, to help those who will come because there's still a long way to go. So pretty much she's saying um, women need institutions to show courage and leadership to assist in this. Like This is this is not just a one-time thing, right? This whole Louise thing, right? It's not a one-time thing. This is now becoming a movement in a sense. We are going to, we want to change things so things are better. Right, and I think that was the message that she was portraying. Um, right, she says, um, you know, these days we have seen it with two, the serious situation that we are experiencing with the RFEF and the changes that we are requesting, so that no woman, both inside and outside of football, never again has to experience situations such as lack of respect or abuse. We need consensus, courage, and leadership from the institution, please. And that is why I will not. We will, why we will not stop here. We will join those who have fought before us. We will join together for the effort we make every day, and we will join all the girls and boys who today dream of being like us. We will not fail you. Long live sport and low live Barca. Like, dear Lord, yeah. run, for, run, run for office, seriously, right? I mean, just, you're totally... Just a quick... Be- I was going to say just a quick update on the whole case and the mess. He resigned before whatever other consequences were coming. That's where we're at currently, so he's I, I'm not sure where the whole UEFA situation is. I'm guessing that he's probably out there as well as vice president or whatever it is. Uh, the big one, I don't know if you know, if you all saw this, it just happened a couple of days ago. There's actually a restraining order on him that he can't be within, I want to say it's five or six feet of uh, Hermoso. Which is... Aren't usually restraining orders like hundreds of feet or yards? I I can't remember. Yeah. It, 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 well, <laughs> Sure. Call it that. The, the fact that that was that was implemented too is right. is just kind of another well, thing. So I mean, he's well. That's that's because it's now a criminal sexual assault case. Like he exactly, is, he is yes. in trial. There's a process happening. Like, Correct. A, right. yeah, yeah. And then over over the weekend, over this week, there was also a Spanish reporter who was like sexually uh, assaulted or harassed by the onlooker where she was reporting, and it was all caught on film. <laughs> all caught on film, like all live. And so, like this yeah, is this I mean, is something that's not going like, away, right? So yeah, and and like she was saying, like this this is essentially the the Me Too movement of sports, right? Like it's not a, it's not a one time thing. This is the one that the entire world saw at the World Cup. Um, 
but yeah, like it's not a it's not a one and done. Right. Um, the actual Ballon d'Or announcement is October thirtieth. Ah, thank you. Right um, on. It must have been something else. All there, of, there was all and all but, of the headlines say it. They, they, is there like an event for the shortlist? Maybe because like maybe. the the two of them do like headline the shortlist in every yeah. single article about it and there's probably they were on stage together and i just thought it was hilarious because uh -huh. she is barely up to holland's hip <laughs> like yeah. the, the height the yeah. height difference is hysterical <laughs> he is a giant he is he so is. big he's such a big yeah and uh, you know just to let everyone know this the the world cup champion spain squad is still on strike that's right yes yeah. thank you for Nothing saying that is, uh... the, the, it didn't end with him just resigning no they're on strike now it's for real now so like because yep. it's a yeah because they're trying to show that it's about so much more than yes him in that one moment like it's the it's the federation it's the it's everything it's literally everything. everything the entire system so um i can transition to something a little more positive here if you feel already yeah go for it Let's talk about the Campeonato or the um, Brasileiro Feminino, and it, it, it ended. Um, we had a two-leg run between uh, Corinthians and Ferroviaria, and I'll talk. I'll I'll talk a little bit about Ferroviaria in a second, just because their their story is fascinating. But for Corinthians, this is their uh, this is their fifth. This is their penta. <laughs> they have a very good history of of winning and throwing down in, in as being finalists in the uh, Brasileirão for for the for the women's side, um, and I'm I'm amazed that Pamires is still there. She was on the national team too, and I, I it would be shocking to me if she's not getting multiple offers from NWSL, probably some UEFA teams, whether it's in England or Spain. I mean, maybe she sticks around, but Man, I, I would love to see her move to either either the U.S. or Europe and and bring her talents because she's such a such she's such an extraordinary player. There's a lot of good players on that team. Um, so I don't know if you all know this, but um, Pia Sundahega was was let go shortly after the World Cup, obviously for you know not making it out of the group stage, and so her replacement is this coach that just won for Corinthians, uh, Artur Elias or Elias is his name. And on one hand, I'm like, all right, it's a dude. I wish it weren't a dude. Like, can, we, can we please get one of the hundreds of millions of talented Brazilian women and give them a chance? On the other hand, this guy's credentials are amazing. Um, so he just won, like I said, the, uh, the domestic league. Corinthians, I said uh, two of their, their pentacampion, the right? they've won five. He's won four of the five. So he's won 20, 21, 22, and 23. So he's got all four of those domestic championships under his belt. He's also won three Libertadores Femenina. So he's got 2017, 2019, and 2021. He's won a bunch of Paulista, everything else. So like, he's basically won everything you can in South America. So again, in terms of credentials and getting promoted, it makes sense. Like this is the next big thing. Can you, can you win a world cup? So why not give him a chance and, and we'll see what happens there. He's clearly very talented. Um, and he'll also get to have a lot of those players, whether they're current Corinthians players or former Corinthians players back with him. So we'll see how it rolls. Um, back to the, 
the runners up uh, Ferroviaria. So this is one of those instances where the team really got it right in terms of investing and paying attention to women's football because their men's team are kind of a joke. They're in fourth division, Serie D, <laughs> the D League, and have, and have been there for a long time. And, and yet they, they had the uh, foresight to see where women's football was going. And instead of investing in that, you know, bottom of the barrel men's team, they put all their money and all their focus on the women's team and watched them climb and climb and climb to the point where they were competing with teams like Corinthians and everybody else in Flamengo and doing well and making it to finals. Uh, so it's a great story just that you don't see all that often, right? Where the men's team is somewhere in the bottom of the barrel and the women's team are the actual leaders and champions and or, or close to being champions. So I just wanted to shout them out, even though, no, they didn't win the, the cup, but they're always there. They're always sniffing around and they always have a chance. So, I mean, congrats to Ferroviare for just being badasses. Um, yeah. And then I guess congrats to Corinthians for winning number five and yeah, see where it goes from there. That's all I got. Um, no Libertadores news yet. Are we, they start up, uh, I think Next week, this week, right? this week. Yeah. Yeah. yeah cause, cause they were off for all the, uh, the, uh, Comebol stuff, the qualifiers. No, I was just gonna say, like, I just before we had, I like if I don't, if I don't talk about the thornies, I, I yeah, some it, some like pillow is gonna fly yeah, at the back yeah, of your head soon. So a, a pillow will fly whenever pillow, this podcast be here. So um, Portland Thorns defeated Old Rain in one of the few last matches that uh, our president or the Blackhearts president on the wall will be uh, will be playing. Um, not gonna lie, I love Morgan Weaver attitude everything so if you get to a chance to watch it you know do that in addition to that i learned right if we're heading towards the end of this podcast i learned through santi that if i were to have a team in la liga and a lot of you know that i don't follow la liga i can care less about la liga we all know it's been very well documented my feelings towards spain um um but uh athletic bilbao have a unique rule where only players from the Basque region of Spain can play football. I did not know that. Hmm. Did you know that, Eric? I, I, yeah, I heard something like that. It, it's kind of like um, like Chivas. Yeah. And guess what? My heritage is Basque. So mm-hmm. there you go. That would be like, huh, I learned there, something. I was like, once upon not a great time, team. Yeah. Once upon a time, Barcelona and Espanol were like that too until like everybody from everywhere started coming in like in the – 70s or 80s or whatever and they're like yeah. uh we kind of need to open this up <laughs> but that's cool i mean that's good on them for keeping that traditional life. yeah and that's what i learned like they're one they're one of the few few teams that never got relegated from the liga which that's interesting as well too so i might be paying a little bit more attention to the liga uh for santi's sake um we also had um you know um a good saturday uh, just overall good vibes. I don't know. I'm kind of, I'm kind of, kind of soccered out at this point. I want to be able to say that uh, Camacho Como Girls FC game. Don't forget Mayor's Cup. Everyone has to come to Mayor's Cup. It's it's at Como. It's on my calendar. It's I don't know. I don't know if you guys want to do any little 
quick little Premier League drops or whatever uh, for your teams. But I, I, again, as a neutral, I just watch to be entertained. What and, did you watch? Please tell us. Well, yeah, I, w- I want to say just because I know so many people that are Spurs fans, including my <laughs> professor last semester. And uh, Issa. And Issa. And Wes. I was at the bar with Wes when that happened. <laughs> I do not recognize this team and they are fun to watch and, and to see the precision and the uh, just the attacking spirit and the confidence. Maybe that's the key word, the confidence, the, the confidence. In, in, yeah. In the I'm, Spurs team. It's, it's, I'm kind it's of bewildering. Mad. I'm kind <laughs> of mad because I had Richarlison on my fantasy team and I just transferred him out because he didn't do shit for two weeks. <laughs> I get rid of him. And then so there, there's that. a, there's a side story there with that where uh, our boy has been going through some serious uh, mental health issues, struggling with depression. Uh, yeah. I think, I think yeah, there I was think even a little suicidal that. ideation. He was not well. Um, and this was happening in Brazil. And he basically said, as soon as I get back to England, I'm going to, you know, start with a new therapist and we're going to dig deep. And he got a lot of support internationally, yeah. just, you know, for, for being out and talking about it as, as we do on this program as well. Yep. And so we wish him well. And, and, you know, as, as somebody in this world, like that first step of recognizing and admitting that you need help is such a huge, huge step. And so, we, you know, I personally, yeah, and I know we you applaud that. Yeah. Congratulate no. him. Exactly. For getting there and getting the help. And then he had a fucking great game. In the 12th <laughs> minute of the eight minutes added time, things yep. escalated. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think the thing awesome. too is that his teammates have been very supportive of him, especially his yes. son. Yeah, like he had put out a statement saying, "I'm, you know, I'm just, I was very concerned and thinking about him because I know he's going through a rough patch and thinking he's got a lot of bad luck." And it's amazing watching him score a game winner, right? I mean, yep. like that's just, you know, that the endorphins game winner in like the dying seconds. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and such a nice one too. Like it was so, just so amazing. You know. Richarlison is going to, you know, like the funny thing is Issa was working, uh, uh, coaching, right? So she's got different sessions. So at the beginning, she like in her break, she first breaks, she checks and goes, oh man, we're losing. So she's mad because she can't watch the game. Right. And then after she finishes everything, she goes, what? They won two. And she's like, he was super mad because like he couldn't get to watch the game. So there you go. Um, you know, I was like, just no, that, I was that happy passing about that. sequence that yeah. I, I put up on the IG. Just, like, oh my god, they look like Barcelona. I'm like, who is this? <laughs> I mean, Brighton does too. Like watching yeah. Brighton play, they're, the yeah. story man, you is yeah. like, holy cow! It's like they're they're just you know their passing man. accuracy is just great. Man, man, you is in some darkness. Like there's just, oof, oh, there's just, just so many layers of darkness yeah. there, and mm-hmm. it, it kind of started with with when the whole Anthony thing broke during the break and, and good, good on, you know, I, I talk, I'm, I'm, I'm very critical of the Celestin Brasileira many times. Everybody that listens knows this, but again, they were ahead of this and they immediately cut him from the team for those qualifiers, which, you know, again, the bar is low. Much, that, much quicker that was than action. man you took yes. care of that situation. Thank you. So. Yes. Yes. Um, oh man. I'll, I'll throw in, kind of international kind of local Tiana Harris who is now in France playing for Fleury um played the full 90 in a 3-1 win the other day over a team whose name I'm not going to try to pronounce because I'll butcher it but you can you can um, put it in the chat if you really want me to go for it but that's all right <laughs> don't worry about uh, it G U I N G A M P G U I N 
Gwyn, G-U-M-P. Yeah. And a wine? Gwyn Whoop. I'll see if I can look it up. Go ahead. Please continue. That's all I got. She played. <laughs> all right. In a three, in a three-one win over this. Here, I'll put it in. She's no. I'm 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 happy that she's getting to play overseas, and you know, I don't. I oh. hope they come back, but I'm not sure. On Alvon Gwingom, Gwingom. Interesting. That sounds like Genuine to me. You know, yeah. is, that a, is that a city? I I've like the word doesn't look familiar to me at all, so I can't and, even and, like and listeners. Listeners, this is the moment in where Eric's brain is going down the rabbit hole. It's true. Yep. I'm trying to figure. Oh, here figure it is. Out. Uh, <laughs> a commune in France. There you go. That's right. That's where I was too. In Brittany. Uh, all right. Hot population of seven thousand out of twenty twenty, which is like Matamidi, where I live. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. That What's was fun. Uh, oh, I, lo- actually, I love these moments. Actually, we're a little bit bigger. <laughs> There's always a learning moment on the show. Learn some <laughs> random thing new every yep. day. Yeah. Right, Absolutely. right, right. I, I learned about Athletic Bilbao. You guys learned about uh, Marabidae versus uh, uh, some, some region or country or space in France. Um, yep. Territory, Brittany. maybe I don't Brit- know. Brittany, apparently, in Brittany. Brittany, yeah, and and and, and yeah, I'm. They're, I'm they're one of the it. smallest towns in Europe to have a top tier professional football team. Oh, see, that's so there's a men's, at, so they have a men's and a women's. Wow. Yeah, it, it goes back to that Ferroviaria thing. Like again, really like just the... joke of a team that like put all this investment and focus on the women's team, and their women's team is just spectacular. I just, it's so cool. Awesome. I think that's a good place to end. Yeah. On right some on. great positivity. Yeah. We bellow all you listeners some well wishes. Enjoy the fall. Enjoy your comrades. Enjoy any porch band that's out there. You know. <laughs> right. Go to go to the black car patio. Just just don't pee on it when you're drunk. Please don't do that. <laughs> I was wondering if it was gonna come back. All right. Just don't pee on well it. Well done. Drunk. Yeah. Just we asked you not to do that. You know. Bathrooms are unisex, stumble in yep. whichever yep. one you need, only, whichever one's closer. It's only Ten steps. You can walk. make it. You there can make you it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and if you don't make it, we will all enjoy the show. Oh man. Well, thanks, listeners, and thank you, Rodrigo and Bridget. And uh, we'll do it again. We'll be off next, and we'll you know hit it in the following week. But yeah, we out. Hasta la pasta. Bye.